What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Another episode of Horror Movie Night. Tonight we are going to be discussing Piranha 3D. Now, if we were at spring break, Scott would be hosting the wet t-shirt contest. Adam <laughs> would be doing shots off porn chicks, and I would be securing the locations for that porno. So let's talk <laughs> about Piranha 3D as picked by Adam tonight. So before we dive into the plot, Adam, you had messaged just in advance and was just like, Hey man, I'm really sorry about this. So I'm well, gonna. I was I was so excited about it, and then I actually sat down and rewatched it again. <laughs> that that drained some of the life out of me. I'm not as excited uh, anymore. And I'm pretty sure I know exactly where that life drained from your body. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so the movie starts off, and Richard Dreyfus is got this cameo where. He is definitely playing Matt Hooper from Jaws, right? Like, there's yeah, it's on purpose. That's <laughs> like, yeah. exactly like him, yeah. And he's singing or he's listening to "Show Me the Way to Go Home" on the radio. Like everything about it's like, hey, by the way, this is the dude from Jaws. He's totally in this movie. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that I read a little blurb about it where, that said that he'd only do it if it was if if like that was how he could portray it. That's kind of awesome, and I I think that that right off the bat that kind of starts off. The things that I like in this movie is that it understands that the original Piranha was a total ripoff of Jaws. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, it starts off, like, acknowledging that. 
and then did you guys catch that there's a reference to alligator in this as well? No way. No. What, what's the reference? I was too busy watching porn star boobs. There's a really su- it's a super subtle reference, and it's only there because alligator was also a Jaws ripoff. But someone's like, I've heard about this, like those giant alligators in the sewers in New Jersey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Adam Scott looks right at the camera and goes, "What?" <laughs> so it can't be in there for any other reason than to be like, hey, there was this other movie that ripped off Jaws 2 that was kind of good. So so Richard Dreyfuss is playing Matt Hooper. And then there's like this small earthquake, and it unleashes what seems to be prehistoric piranha that uh, immediately kill him in his boat. Well, it also causes a gigantic whirlpool. Yes. Which has... That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, I think that was the worst part of that way to die was like the slowly sinking into the whirlpool. The Kronos are a quick death, but that like whole scene where he's like, (laughs) (laughs) so it's spring break in uh, Lake Victoria. And we're introduced to Sheriff Julie, played by Elizabeth Shue, and her partner. She still looks great. She still looks great. Her partner, Deputy Fallon, played by Ving Rames, who still looks great. Looks great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they're trying to keep a bunch of drunk college kids under control while searching for Matt Hooper's missing body. We also meet her son, Jake, and his crush, who's pretty fine. Quite the little booze hound. Yeah. (laughs) And she's kind of fine. I am a-okay with his crush, Kelly. So Jake lands a job working for a pornographer who's played by Jerry O'Connell. I listen it's it's soft core. It's not really porn. It's like erotic. It's a, it's a parody of Girls Gone Wild, but even maybe more mild than that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> there's just two girls going wild the whole time. Yeah, he's like we got to go shoot a porn. They refer to it as porn a hundred times and I was like Ugh. I don't know, guys. This is more just like some, you know, well, like modeling. And the logic of like, we're shooting a porn at spring break. So let's take these two girls to a complete location surrounded by no other human beings. Because, yeah, what the hell? Like, let's forget the free spring break setting that we could be shooting in for this. Anyway, so so Jake takes the job and blows off his babysitting job. So he can make money being a location scout, essentially. That's not why he did it. He did it for the titties, man. Of course he did it for the titties. And he also brings his crush to the set, which I don't know if that would normally work uh, if you're trying to get into a girl's pants. Be like, so I'm working on this porn and I want you to join us. It's pretty counterintuitive depending on whose pants he was trying to get into. Because if he was trying to get into the porn star pants, then yeah, that was a real... Stupid move, <laughs> I think that the only thing Jerry O'Connell wanted more than cocaine was more cocaine. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, his his siblings get stranded on an island uh, while all this is going on. Now, because of this little earthquake and and whatnot, uh, Adam Scott, who plays a guy named Novak, and a few other people come to check stuff out and see if this earthquake opened up to like a prehistoric lake and spoiler alert it did so his his people fucking eat it real real quick <laughs> they're they're yeah, not I don't in this movie very why, long. The, why the one girl saw the fish and she was like no and she like went to go get the guy who was already eaten it's just dumb 
Well, Adam Scott also like goes out of his way to go down, grab her, bring her to the surface, and pull her on the boat. And then when she gets on the boat, there's like nothing left of her. I was like, why? Why did you? So this leads. This no leads. Reason. This leads to one of the best parts in the movie for me because I love when something like this happens in a film, which is that so he teams up with with Sheriff Julie, and they go to a pet shop owner played by Christopher Lloyd. Who, oh my God, Christopher Lloyd! <laughs> to ask him, he to might his... be the biggest overactor in the entire movie. And I'm not sure. That's that's a tall order to fill. Scott, you do remember that Eli Roth is in this movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so they ask Christopher Lloyd to uh, examine this piranha and fill them in on its history. And the thing that I love is that instantly he knows everything about this rare breed of piranha as fucking a rock of what its skeleton looked like in a fossil. He's like, oh, look at this. Like, he just, I love when there's, like, that character who just happens to know all of this fucking information. Mr. Exposition. <laughs> yeah, he just has that hyper, hyper-specific knowledge of the exact same, <laughs> exact thing that they were looking for. So, meanwhile, the greatest scene to have ever watched in a theater in 3D is going on, which is the underwater naked ballet sequence. Yes! <laughs> I did not watch this movie in 3D, but it was still entertaining. Just... I watched this in theaters opening night in 3D, and um, I'm not a big fan of 3D movies, but this was like absolutely worth the, the price of admission, because they really fucking did 3D right in this movie. Well, you Let's got, uh, just say... Matt walked out of the theater with his hands in his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> You're still carrying that popcorn on your lap, Matt. What are you doing? <laughs> it balances so well. <laughs> I, I think his favorite part was probably a gigantic seven-foot-tall 3D dick right in his face. I was going to say, okay, so we can jump to that because Jerry O'Connell gets the best death in this movie. <laughs> it took my penis. Well, It took my penis. Because it's like a double whammy because, like, not only do we get the 3D penis massacre, but also, like, of everybody in this movie, he's the one that I have, I love the most because he has this, like, cartoonish, like, full human body and then, like, skeleton <laughs> lower half. They're like, either the hand or the foot is just, like, wiggling. <laughs> Good shit. Although, the, I also really like the uh, parasailing or whatever. I, I like that. Gianna Michaels? Yeah. That's Keanu Michaels, very, very famous porn star. Uh, that seems pretty fantastic, too. It, um, it's, it seemed like uh, Jerry O'Connell was like, you're going to miss my shot, you're going to miss my shot. And he was like trying to film that girl's tits while she was parasailing. But it also seemed like they weren't with that group of people at all. It didn't and seem like they were with them at all, yeah. No, Jerry O'Connell was just like creeping on this other group of people that were <laughs> naked on the other side of the lake. Like, yeah, fucking zoom in on that. Grab me some of that. So, so the fish pretty much ruined Spring Break. <laughs> um, there's this amazing Spring Break massacre that occurs in the movie. That's that's just a solid ten minutes of just fucking brutality, including Eli Roth getting his face fucking smashed. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Cabin Fever when shit just goes bad. It's just that same feeling of like, ugh, so gross. And yeah, it's definitely that very like. Like it Shit sounds, just went from fun to super real and not in a good way. Well, and it's like you said, like like I hate to, to use the word slimy, but like it's one of those movies where like the fucking gore looks so slimy. Like like when they're carrying that person out of the water and they just rip in half, and you see all like the fucking innards dripping into the water and stuff. Like it's just very 
they they definitely were pushing like this is fucking gross. Yeah, for real. And basically, the piranha eat everyone except for Julie, her kids, and Novak, and and Kelly. Kelly survives too, or do they? Because. Immediately at this point in the movie, Christopher Lloyd starts calling him up on the phone because, uh, oh, sorry, I skipped over a very important detail. Julie's son, Jake, manages to kill a shit ton of piranha with an explosion underwater as the ship is sinking. Sinking, He turns on the gas and throws a flare in there and just, you know, like dynamite fishing, just kills all these piranha. So they think that's, that's going to work. So they think that they may have solved the problem. They just have to do this in a few more locations. Uh, and that's when Christopher Lloyd informs them that these piranhas are just the babies. And then a giant fish jumps up and eats Adam Scott and we go to credits. I gotta say, I, I, I could have done without that. I mean, I understand why they did it, but the joke kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, no, I remember even seeing this in theaters and really wishing that this movie was like 30 seconds shorter. But it's still a better ending than anything that happens in Piranha 3 Double D, which is a movie that really fucking missed the mark as far as what made the first movie good and enjoyable. Oh, it was so fucking bad. <laughs> and they don't they don't follow through on that like little cliffhanger at the end of this movie either. Like no, there's not no at giant all. In fact, they're even tinier baby piranhas. Like it's fucking yeah. That movie was terrible. Well, I think what the biggest issue is with with uh, Piranha Three Double D, there's there's the one piece of insider knowledge I have, which was that when I was living in L.A. and I was shooting episodes of Geekscape, Paul Shear was a guest on Geekscape, and it was maybe like two or three weeks before Piranha Three Double D came out. And he did not want to talk about that movie. He did not have a good time at all doing Piranha 3 Double D. And he talked about how much fun Piranha 3D was. And he's like, Piranha 3 Double D had no script. He goes, I showed up to work for like a week not knowing what the fuck was going to be filmed each day. Like it was all just kind of like going on the fly the whole time. And it fucking shows in that movie. But the other issue is that the director who did Piranha 3D is not a comedy director at all. It's the high-tension guy, right? Aja Alejandre or something? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's like high-tension and the Hills Have Eyes remake and all that stuff. And he's said, like, I didn't shoot this as a comedy. Like, I when I made this movie, I made it as if I was making a serious horror film. What a dumb shit. Jesus no, Christ. No, but I think that that's what makes the movie work, is that it's not, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, hey, we're doing comedy the whole time. Wait, wait, is, are you talking about Piranha 3D or 3DD? Piranha 3D. Dude, we were just talking about 3D, double D. Why are you skipping back and forth? Well, because I'm comparing why the two didn't work. 3DD goes in full full steam ahead like we're making a comedy like super like trying to you don't need to really even give it that much credit there was no script no yeah. script means bad movie that's just how, it how works. Do you, i mean especially with an effects heavy movie how are you going to show up that day and be like well how are we going to do like a seven thousand dollar practical effect today oh, i don't know we'll fucking figure it out as we go along <laughs> Yeah, Piranha 3 Double D was really fucking rough. I was going to watch it so that I could talk about both of them, that and this flick, yeah, for, the, the, uh, the only for this thing, cu- discussion, and you guys told me not to. Yeah, the only thing worth discussing in that movie is that Ving Rhames is back, but with metal legs that he can switch out for guns, and that's and that, the type of movie that it is. Yeah, that I'm is not supposed to be like the biggest laugh of the movie, too. Yeah. It's real fucking bad. Man. Like, yeah. We we saved you on that one. We <laughs> couldn't save you on Puppet Master X, 
or, or Legacy, Puppet Master but... <laughs> versus Demonic Toys. <laughs> we Demonic tried. We tried Jonathan to save you. Geekscape even consoled me last night about the fact he's like, dude, you watched all the Puppet Master movies. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he uh, he finally listened to the episode, first episode, the Wolf Cop episode. Yeah. And he was texting me about it yesterday, and he goes, the fact that Scott hasn't seen Demonic Toys or Hobo with a shotgun is bullshit. I said, <laughs> oh, keep listening. Over the next couple episodes, he watches every Puppet Master movie and the Demonic Toys film. It almost kills him. He goes, yeah, fuck that shit. And the whole time, he could have been watching Hobo with a shotgun. What the shit? <laughs> uh, I will say, though, that Piranha 3D, for me, anyway, I think is right up there with, like, Fright Night as one of the better examples of a good remake because I don't think that like I own the original Piranha because I, I definitely appreciate it but I don't think it's a fun movie to watch or that it's a very well done film I definitely prefer this version of the story well and I haven't watched Piranha 1 or 2 original yet so I mean I, I really I want to watch Piranha 2 the spawning simply due to the fact that there are fucking flying piranhas Yes, and James Cameron's directorial debut. (laughs) But it's not at all. They replaced him a quarter of the way through. Yep, in true Roger Corman fashion. So, Adam, so what was the issues that you had the second time around with this movie? (laughs) It just wasn't as fun as the first time I watched it. I knew where all of, like, large set pieces came in. Like, when, like, the wet t-shirt contest was still fucking awesome. And, like... (laughs) And just, just watching it on, like, a technical level, I was like, holy fuck, this must have been really hard to shoot. And and I remember, I, I used to have this on DVD, and I, I remember watching, like, the making of Special Feature, and uh, they, like, built a miniature lake, and they actually went out what? on lakes. They, like, they, like, this movie was fucking crazy hard for the, these people to make. It's a testament to how much all the actors got along when Paul Shear said, like, he loved making that first one. And you see it in like the interviews that they all do. Like they were all having a fucking hell of a time. And when they weren't shooting, they got to just go like fuck around on the lake and like have all this fun. And um, a lot of hard work and like love went into making this movie. But knowing the like time frame of where stuff happened in the movie, every time an in-between scene came along where like I had to fucking listen to Jake's little sister and little brother fucking banter back and forth. Really I fast forward through that. Oh, so poorly acted. Or there was just like an exposition scene, or there was just whatever downtime between the big set pieces. I was like, oh, this is so fucking aggravating and hard to watch. Or like everybody's just terrible. If I had to hear one more line out of fucking Jerry O'Connell's mouth that wasn't, you know, choked back by blood, then I would have probably fucking shut this movie off because his character is just fucking terrible. What, can, I, I think I might have blinked and missed it. What happened to Paul Shear in this movie? Uh, his scene was cut. <laughs> he was supposed to get eaten. Uh, he was supposed to swim to safety on the island, and then a bunch of fish just kind of get him by the by the banks of it like they kind of were jumping out of the water and chewing them up but scene got cut or there was like a thing where they just couldn't afford to do all the special effects for it so his death is left as a giant question mark and then he's just back in part two because he's one of the only other people that survived part two uh survived the first one yeah because uh i i was i was watching it the other night and i was just like 
uh, okay, so that chick's dead. Okay, Jerry O'Connell's dead. And then five minutes later, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Where'd Paul Shear go? <laughs> if they killed Paul Shear and forgot to kill one of the porn chicks, I probably wouldn't have even thought about it. But it's like Paul Shear, like he's fairly recognizable. So you're like, no, uh, that guy that I actually know from shit is I didn't see die, and he's nowhere to be seen right now. <laughs> I guess the idea was, like, we're going to pay more attention to the tits than the characters, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was the overt reason why this movie was made. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't have brought Gianna Michaels, of all people, on for this project if they were like, guys, let's focus on acting here. Yeah, we've got something artistic we need to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I mean, she has her boobs out parasailing. And gets the bottom half of her body eaten. That's pretty much what this movie is all about in a nutshell. You trying to imply that there may have been something that they were hinting at with that scene? Yes, this is actually, I mean, as, as misogynistic as this movie might seem on the surface, I think it gets a little bit of leeway due to the fact that it's so tongue-in-cheek. That they're like, yeah, it's spring break. People are fucking obnoxious on spring break and they all deserve to die. Everybody's wasted and, and half naked, and the piranhas don't give a shit. And it's just, just like, let's kill everyone indiscriminately. So, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I wasn't offended by this film. I'm sure that there were probably people who were like, my senses are so offended by, by this film because Think of my of sensibilities. The children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it's, it's the first movie, as we said, was no fucking Citizen Kane. So. <laughs> <laughs> The first one, I would I even know. go as far as to argue, like, I love Joe Dante, and I think Prawn is probably his one of his worst films, and it's probably one of his more better-received films, but, yeah, Prawn is not not great. It, well, the, pro- the problem with the first Piranha movie that they more than make up for in this one is that you never see the goddamn Piranha in the first movie, like, and when you do, with the exception of one single stop-motion scene that they use three times in the trailer... It's usually just a bunch of pieces of paper cut out into the shapes of fish all strung together. <laughs> it's like literally like like four or five rows of string with little tiny fish drawn on it and someone just waving it back and forth behind like a green screen of what the ocean might look like. And they'll just cut might to that. Like. <laughs> they cut to that real quick and then back to people like, oh, no, with a bunch of bubbles around them. Um, so this one at least fucking shows you the piranha. You know what? That sounds like more fun than the like semi-realistic puppet piranhas that they did have in this, though. Because every once in a while, piranhas in this were pretty great. The CGI piranhas were annoying, though. Yeah, it's, it was weird that we, we had we had both because whenever it was one or the other, I'd be like, "Oh, those are the CG ones." Oh, there's the puppet one. So I, I was always constantly aware of when they were switching it. But I, I like the sounds of the the piranhas on strings one a little bit. <laughs> Paper piranhas. Paper well, you guys, piranhas. You guys can go ahead and watch that for next week's uh, What Did You Watch This Week? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> so is there anything else we want to talk about, or do we want to dive into what we watched this week? What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, 
but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. I got notes. I want to Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot notes. notes. All Holy right. Crap. Some notes with Adam. All right. These are the Piranha 3D notes. When we open up the movie, is this the old man in the boat that women are always telling me I need to find? <laughs> Sorry. Bad joke. Bad. <laughs> is that a... That might be a Canada thing, because I don't know what the yeah, fuck he's I, talking I, I about. Is that piss holes in the snowbank kind of <laughs> no. weirdness? Oh, that's a, that's a clitoris joke, you idiot. <laughs> Old man in the boat. Little Dude, man I'm buried. Of course I don't get that joke. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had sex in almost a decade. How the fuck am I going to get that <laughs> reference? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Megan, and I'm sorry to you. <laughs> sorry for you. Yeah, in this world... <laughs> That joke is so good now. <laughs> Retroactively, it's, like, it's a hilarious joke. That is almost as good as the missing dong in Castle Freak. <laughs> Will this be our, our uh, ding-dong gate? <laughs> Tell me, have you ever heard Little Man in the Boat or Old Man in the Boat? Tell Email us at Podcast at gmail.com and let us know if you know what the fuck Adam's talking about. <laughs> Well, they do now. <laughs> Send us an email and tell us if you found it. <laughs> and if so, can you make a map? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this would be a really bad way to die by that like uh, whirlpool thing, but I think this guy probably gets off easier than any of the other deaths in the movie. His is pretty quick and painless. I know that we were worried about this episode itself being misogynistic, but by the time this movie is finished the opening credits, it is a million times more misogynistic than we could have ever been on this fucking episode. I think that this is like a really, really, really mild episode because we're, we're, all three of us are like, yeah, this movie was about as misogynistic as it gets. I don't think we have anything to add to that. And we're also, yeah. we're, we're equal opportunity because I think we're also pretty misogynistic as far as how many penises <laughs> we've requested. So like... Well, we were like, did you see that guy lose his dick? <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like the horror movie night. 
theme. Send us uh, pictures uh, of your piranhas at hmnpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Do you guys have any fossils? <laughs> any fossils in your place? Love to come over and look at them. Um, okay, whoever scored this movie and did the soundtrack for this movie, please go fuck yourself because I hate you. Every song was as obnoxiously shitty as it could possibly be. And every five minutes, we got, like, a stinger. Like a, like a, fucking, because, like, a fish would jump out, or it would just look at the camera sideways. So it was constantly hitting me with stingers. I hate it. I have that same pixie shirt as our main character. Mine is not covered in green, slimy shit, though. Okay, the female character in this movie is, like, a survivor girl with no autonomy at all. Like, she... She's like, oh, Jake, you're my friend. Oh, I have to go with my other friends now. And then her friends are like, oh, is that your buddy? And she's like, yeah. Toss a fucking drink at his head and just soak him in it. And she's like, oh, you guys. Anyways, let's go. (laughs) I don't think you remember what high school girls were like, though. Uh, Well, she's incredibly wishy-washy because she went with those guys that time and then went with Jake. 15 minutes later in the movie, it's like, why? Well, because they lied about... They lied about backstage passes. No, she threw up 3D on the audience. Well, kissing him was vomit-inducing. Matt remembers the scene where she threw up 3D because that's when he had to move the popcorn to his (laughs) his lap. That's my fetish dot gift. A blow chunks job. Oh, there's so much porn out there for you. (laughs) Okay, um, Derek's character is just fucking awful. I hate him. I hate him so bad. But there is a scene where he's talking about getting a boat. And in the background, he just goes, I need big boat, big motor, big boat. <laughs> That's all he says <laughs> into the phone. He's fucking Trip McNeely. Trip McNeely. <laughs> Dude, you're a sexual legend. Girls at the school still talk about you. Really? Which ones? <laughs> uh, we got these dumb little kid characters, and I forgot how much screen time they got, which is, I think, about six minutes of screen time, and it's five minutes and 35 seconds too fucking much. <laughs> It's really bad. I fast-forwarded through all those kids, that scenes. I could not have given less of a shit about them because I knew they weren't going to die. No, of course not. Um, it's okay to kill every woman in this film who has her tits out. We leave the children alone. Hey, hey. Must have. You, you don't know. You didn't think a kid was going to die an alligator, but that kid got ate right the fuck up in that pool. Well, that's because that was teaching those other kids a lesson. Yeah, don't, don't bully. Fuck around at the pool when you're when it's dark out. What? Especially These kids when you're wearing been, full clothing. A Halloween been, costume. They could have been used to fucking teach a lesson too. Like, don't leave your house by yourself in the middle of the day. Don't go out on a boat unsupervised. Don't forget to tie off your boat and get stranded on an island. Like, if these kids died, I think the small children. 8 to 13 that are watching Piranha 3D could have really learned some life lessons. <laughs> <laughs> At least kill the boy. He was way more obnoxious than the girl. They just were so badly acted. Um, I also think that the girl, the, the, uh, is Kelly the name of the, the girl that... Um, the crush, yeah. The crush. Man. She's from Gossip Girl or something. Uh, yeah, I looked her up. Um, she is, but seriously... I would have been totally okay with her fucking dying when she was under the boat. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> nothing pisses me off more than a crying person in a horror movie. I want them. <laughs> I want it. I'm gonna edit this so that you don't say in a horror movie. <laughs> that would still be equally true. Oh, I can't stand it when people are just fucking crying. 
waiting for someone to save him. You're in a horror movie. Save yourself! Uh, oh, we get we get the scene where somebody walks in, Jake jerking off, and I was like, you know what, buddy, Jake, don't worry about it. Same thing almost happened to me when I was watching minutes twenty-two to twenty-four. <laughs> How did it go? Did it go? Okay. No, I had the chain lock on, so I was good. Dude, if there if the chain lock was on there, Hank, it like a fucking furry wolf cop, Hank could have just come in and been like, I like grab at the door and you could have just saw it over and put your dick in it. <laughs> I want that. It'd be like jerking off with a sock. <laughs> Baby girl. Oh, I love how referential we are. You know when I said that this wasn't gonna be an offensive episode? Strike that. <laughs> reverse it then we get the doc scene where yeah they're like going out of their way to be gross i mean she falls face first into that chewed up body that's great i remember i remember scott you messaging us and being like i've only watched like the first 25 or 30 minutes of this movie and i fucking hate it and i'm mad that i was watching it no, and I, was no like, I was like 10 minutes in i was like i can't wait till everyone's dead let me go let me find those notes because or the the commentary that i had because i was basically like uh live messaging it and it was i went from hating it to loving it <laughs> so continue with your notes it's probably going to take me until your notes are done to yeah see if you can find that the underwater nude scene is working really hard to try and counterbalance all the suck that's in this fucking movie <laughs> and uh it's it's doing it it's, it's, getting, the, it's getting the job done <laughs> That goes on for a long time too. Oh, it's like, like two or three minutes. It's a solid yeah. two or three minutes, and this movie is not long. Like it's like an hour nineteen, maybe hour twenty. I'm gonna be honest with you. It feels a lot. It feels a lot longer than it actually was. Oh which yeah, it's no, no. what she said. And uh, Jerry O'Connell has a line. It reminds me of a song I once knew. It's called "Fish, Fish with Kiss, Titty Fish." Titty Fish. Yes, I was. William Irvine. <laughs> Is that the relevant metal song for the week? I think it should be. So these guys work for some sort of seismic activity or or lake or what, game and wildlife, something like that. The people that come to invest, investigate with Adam Scott. Yeah. And, and these are the people that don't think that going into a freshly opened underwater lake directly after seismic activity is a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Listen, <laughs> if people did what actually was logical in this flick... It'd be a real boring movie. Yeah, and then Adam Scott pulls up that scuba diver chick. He's like, get her in the boat! Get her in the boat! I was like, why? <laughs> what are you doing? You're wasting your time and energy. The scene with the body shots is so awkward. Oh, yeah, yeah. Creepy and weird and goes on too long. Every scene in this movie goes on too long. <laughs> so, the, so the dummy work in this movie is fucking awesome. Like, you, you see a ton of dummies. Uh, we get, like, people with their legs half cut off and, like, chewed up. A lot of really, really good dummy work. Uh, we get Ving Rhames being a huge badass with like uh, the boat motor and just shotgun and fish midair all over the place too. Yeah, he's his he's one of the best characters in the whole movie. Yeah, I, you know, you, you know what would have made this movie so much better for me at least is if Elizabeth Shue would have been the one who was motorboating those guys. That out of context, that sounds real weird. Sorry. But yeah, seriously, if she would have done that and just like had her, because she's she's got nice arms. Like if she was just like, you know, and like fish are flying everywhere, that would have been pretty sweet. That's just me. Well, yeah, but you put Ving Rhames in your movie specifically to have him do that kind of stuff, though. 
Okay, fair enough. Then uh, we get the scene with the dude driving the motorboat through like the crowds of people. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me find oh. that. Let me find that because I was talking about that in the, the messages because I was watching that. And I'm like, this is terrible. Why is this happening? <laughs> really? And I was, I was also like, I think that's I around the time you sent a message that was something like, "Oh, Eli Roth got his face smashed. I'm okay with this." Well, right before that, I said, "I bet this was a really dangerous scene to to actually film because there are people right next to that propeller." It, it looks that way, right? And when people are like whacking the front of that boat, it seriously looks like those people were moving actual actors. And they were just like stunt people who just smashed into the front of that boat. Yeah. Okay, here we go. This main lake scene is some Final Destination shit. Eli Roth head splats. So satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I was like, really? What good are shotguns and tasers versus 10,000 piranhas? <laughs> All that I can think is that the one asshole is mowing people down in the speedboat trying to get to shore. Damn, this scene must have been fucking dangerous. <laughs> Is it wrong that I love watching porn stars quote unquote act? Riley Steele's boobs had standout performances. <laughs> I forgot about that message. Yeah, that's Wait, a, that's... Let, me, let me repeat. When we said that this was not going to be offensive, <laughs> we lied. We're sorry. <laughs> I meant standout because it must have been pretty fucking cold there. Did we talk about the uh, the face rip at all? No, I forgot about that. The face rip is pretty fucking brutal, too. Oh, yeah, it is. When her hair gets caught in that fucking... Ah, oh. At least it was a clean degloving. Yeah. That whole that whole part of that scene with, like, Todd just mowing people down and then ripping that girl's face off just really brought the mood down. <laughs> like, no, I think that that makes sense, though. If the director was like, okay, I came in to, write, to make a serious horror flick, and that's, that's where that Final Destination feel comes in, is that, like, yeah, man, you, you went for it. You're like, oh, let's have some fun, stupid shit. And then have a chick whose hair gets stuck in the motor and then gets her face ripped off. So what was uh, what was Adam Scott's character's last name in the movie again? I don't know. I just know he was Novak was the first name. Novak, oh, that was his first name. It should have been no character because he didn't do a fucking <laughs> thing in this movie. He drove a boat for five minutes and then died at the end. That was it. I was like, what do you even hey, do? In this? Hey, he had that dramatic scene where he had to move the boat forward a little bit to try to keep the rope t- tight. Oh, that's true. That went on forever. <laughs> that scene is so goddamn... Everything involved in the last, like, ten minutes of this movie feels like a 30-minute scene. Yeah, I'm not going to... I, I will never lie to you guys when I use the fast-forward button, and I definitely fast-forwarded that, because I knew who was going to live and who was going to die. Yeah. I didn't care anymore. Yeah, that scene really is drawn out and i always watch because most of the movies i watch are widescreen so i fill that black bar with on the dvd player if you hit the display button it says like how much time is left at the top of the screen and i'm sitting there like all right there's 15 minutes left i'm like man this seems to be going on long 14 minutes left okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a good sign when you're literally counting down the minutes Speaking of which, if you're ready, I I watched some garbage this week, and I would love to discuss it. I have I have like two notes left. And then All right, let's hear them, and then we'll go to Scott's. What did he watch this week? So Jake has to save Kelly, and he grabs Jerry O'Connell's not yet dead corpse because we got another little like my dick scene there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he he throws Jerry O'Connell's body in the water, and all the piranhas suddenly leave the room where they were with Kelly. 
up until like two minutes ago, three other people fell into this water and died. So why did the piranhas wait until then to get out of the water and leave? Anyway. It's even more ridiculous to buy into the fact that an already half-eaten body bought them like six fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah, when these things have been like top to bottoming people in fifteen seconds flat, just <laughs> wrecking people. And then uh, Doc Brown calls. And he lets them know that they're babies. And all I could think about was that scene from Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, where he's like, They're babies! They're babies! They're babies! <laughs> Final note. Final note. This is a bad movie, and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Alright, so Scott, what shit did you sit through this week? I have two things that I need to mention. One, final or Night School, 1980. It is... Uh, I've been seeking out all these obscure uh, slasher flicks from the early 80s. This was in the same boat, metaphorically speaking, as Madman. And uh, so I I watched Night School. Not awesome, but it was somewhat entertaining with the twist. Really, the, my favorite thing about watching these movies from the 80s is the shitty clothing that everybody wears. Then I watched, just today, I watched Alone in the Dark. I like that movie, the one from 82. I do too. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and it. I'm sorry. I, I enjoyed that movie. I really hated. He knows you're alone. Oh, that movie's so fucking slow. It is incredibly <laughs> slow and not good in any way, shape, or form. Really, it's except not, for Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is a total douche nozzle, nozzle in that film. <laughs> I really. If if he's if I'm not if I'm watching a movie. Where, that Tom Hanks is in, and it's not that thing you do, I am not enjoying myself. Because I love that thing you do. <laughs> Adam? It's just been a lot of TV this week. Not really anything new. I haven't really started anything new. I've been going back and trying to watch Constantine again. That's not going very well. I've been still watching Gotham. That's not going very well. <laughs> uh, more Justice League Unlimited. That's always fine with me. Oh, and I, I tentatively started watching Oz. Do you guys ever see the prison show Oz? No, nope. but I know that there's a lot of rape. A lot of rape, a lot of man dick. That's why I'm taking my sweet time to watch it, because it's too much <laughs> to, like, binge watch. It's fucking Speak rough. yourself, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, newest episode, of Saint, or newest episode of Rick and Morty came out. Fucking amazing. It was great. And uh, apparently these two episodes, the first two, are like the weakest episodes of the season, according to the creators. So I am fucking jazzed for that. If it gets better than this, then this is going to be just a fucking amazing season. So I'm really looking forward to that. I watched, uh, well, I watched a shit ton of stuff because last week was my week between jobs. But I'll only draw attention to three things that I watched. So I've been working my way through that binder. And not everything that much, uh, not everything in that binder is worth mentioning. But I did watch Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part yes! Three. It's an invitation. Well, because, Go Leatherface. Well, because I love that song. I hated this movie when I rented it as a kid, but I read that the DVD comes with the unrated version of the movie that's like leaps and bounds better, and uh, it's true. <laughs> the 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 director's cut of Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, is a pretty solid film. Definitely not better than the original or anything, but it's it's uh, it's way more fun than the VHS copy that you probably <laughs> rented from the video store as a kid. Finally watched Tremors 3, because I'd only ever seen the first two. And uh, Tremors 3 was really fucking fun, actually. It follows the character Bert, the, the gun nut, and he returns to perfection and 
finds out that a bunch of kids pretty much live in the town and have turned it into like a graboid amusement park where they set up fake graboid attacks for for tourists and whatnot. And uh, then all of a sudden, real graboids come. And he's the only person that knows how to do anything about it. The only issue I have with this movie is like sometimes it's practical effects and other times it's like fucking CGI graboids. And that looked like balls whenever that happened. Then uh, I rocketed it through all of the Wet Hot American Summer TV series. Yeah, you did. Oh my God. It was so fucking good. Is it? Because it? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The first, So here's the thing. The first episode, little rough. Like you're like, ugh, I don't know about this. And... No, no, I, I, I did. Megan and I did watch the first two episodes, and it's not as rough as you think it is. Okay, I, I had a little bit of an issue with it, but I think it was because when I went to watch it, three or four other people had already told me like, "Oh, it's fucking amazing!" So I'm like all amped, and it, it didn't live up to my expectations. But man, the last like three episodes are goddamn beautiful. Like it's so good. It essentially is just tying up. Like it's its own weird entity. But at the same time, it keeps, like, answering questions about weird side characters in the movie. <laughs> so, like, you find out origins of a lot of the really great characters in the in the first film, or in the film. And my one buddy, one of the guys actually on the, on the Horror Movie Night Facebook page, on his own personal page, just can't get over how bad Michael Showalter looks compared to everybody else. He does. He looks terrible. <laughs> and his big thing that he keeps complaining about is that, like... Michael Showalter's, like, got this huge beer belly, but the skinniest legs ever. So he's like, it just looks like those things are going to snap at any second. Well, to be fair, that is kind of a dad bod thing. That's true. But the highlight of this week was watching a movie that I told Scott and Adam I was going to fucking watch called fucking Rock and Roll Frankenstein. (laughs) Oh, yeah. How'd that go? (laughs) Holy shit. All right. So we gotta talk about Rock and Roll Frankenstein. <laughs> so Rock and Roll Frankenstein tells the story of a record producer who's sick and tired of not being able to have complete creative control over his artists. So he gets his nephew, who's a brilliant scientist, who happens to also have sex with dead bodies. <laughs> and he's like, hey, listen, I'll keep that sex with dead bodies thing under wraps. If you can use your scientific abilities to build me the greatest rock star of all time. He's like, yeah, I think I can do that. So he's like, all right, let's get no sweat. He's like, let's get the body of Elvis and we'll give him the arms of Jimi Hendrix. So like you got the greatest rock and roll singer, the greatest rock and roll guitarist. And I mean, he's got to be a sex symbol. Let's give him Jim Morrison's junk. We'll throw Jim Morrison's junk in there. And his his assistant slash roadie, Igor, accidentally drops the penis that he's trying to get and grabs just the next penis he can and grabs Liberace's penis, but doesn't tell anybody. So they attach Liberace's penis to this rock and roll Frankenstein. And throughout the movie, rock and roll Frankenstein's having all these hits, but his penis is just like, don't stick me in no vagina. You got to put me in ass all the time. And yes, his penis talks and it talks like Liberace throughout the whole movie. So he starts like going to see a therapist about it and like, picking up guys from want ads and then like in a rage will kill them after banging them and it's just it's <laughs> it's insane and every time he has sex with a dude his penis gets bigger and stronger <laughs> so there's literally wow. a it's scene like bad biology there's literally a scene where there's a boxing match between Frankenstein and his penis <laughs> and Jesus and uh 
who wins? Everybody. Maybe the guys at Flophouse saw this movie instead of Castle Freak because there is a ding dong rip in this bad boy. Um, and it is a fucking glorious ripping of a ding dong. Uh, so I, I might have to keep telling people to see Rock and Roll Frankenstein. It's a piece of shit, but it's a good time. All right, that was Piranha 3D. Thank you once again for listening to Horror Movie Night. As always, check us out on Reddit. Check us out on the Facebook. Hit us up on the Twitter. We've been getting uh, some Twitter messages from people who seem to have found the show via Greatest Movie Ever. So big shout out to uh, the almighty Gooberzilla for for having me on his show last week. As always, send us questions, comments, concerns, complaints to hmnpodcast at gmail.com. Do you guys have uh, an idea of what what, uh, what they should Said. We need that, that little man in the boat question answered. Man. Yeah, we need the answers to the, to the little man in the boat. Maps, please. Visual aids. Uh, I mean, next week we're going to be talking about Odd Thomas. If you got any questions about Odd Thomas, you can always let us know. Tell us your worst spring break story. Um, let us know the worst thing that ever happened to you on spring break. That, that could be a fun one. Uh, I never went, frankly. But... <laughs> I can That's tell the by worst your pasty white flesh. <laughs> All right, well, that, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with Odd Thomas. I just want you guys to know, I still haven't found the, the the live messaging from when I watched this, and I'm three weeks back. Like, I watched this movie <laughs> so long ago. Well, that's also a testament to the fact that we've messaged too much on Facebook <laughs> constantly. Oh, oh, I found it! Oh, thank God. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. 
So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 